1: This is the Retirement Ready Podcast with President and Founder Eric Peterson of Peterson Financial Group, Iowa's retirement specialists with an office in West Des Moines. It's time to make sure that you're retirement
0: ready. We got uh, the Ankeny area. We got Marshall who sends in a question. He says, Eric, once uh, we're maxing out that 401k, earning too much to be able to contribute to a Roth. Where else should we start looking for retirement savings?
2: Uh, Well, Marshall, congratulations on uh, that you're able, that you are making that much. And um, congratulations, you're maxing out your 401k. Being proactive. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Now you could also, uh, it doesn't state here, but I'm I'm assuming, but you know, happens when you assume things is that you can also contribute to the Roth side of your 401k. Of course, if you're maxing out, there's still max amount you could put in. You can put to either side or a combination of the two um, both Roth or pre-tax side. So this is a dilemma for for high wage earners because then where can you turn? So you have to think of money can be in three different buckets, okay? You have taxable money, you have tax deferred money, and you have tax free money. So if you want to save additionally, you could do that in the taxable bucket, which means you could throw it in the bank and earn interest on it. and interest rates are pretty good today. You could buy some investments, right? I would argue you want something more, tax-efficient, like if you want to invest in the stock market, maybe buy individual securities or exchange-traded funds, ETFs versus mutual funds, because mutual funds can create additional tax liability even though you don't do anything. So that's really going to be bucket one choices, would be you know, bank or invest in the market. You could buy some debt instruments, too. You could buy a bond if you wanted, but you probably don't need income. It sounds like you're younger, so you don't need it to provide you income yet. Mm-hmm. If you want to look at the tax-deferred bucket, which is where your 401k is, right, the pre-tax side of the 401k, same with IRAs, those kinds of things, you could make a non-deductible IRA contribution. So anyone can put money into an IRA. It depends whether it's deductible or not. It's based on your income. So if you put uh, the money into the IRA and you're not able to receive a tax deduction for it, what happens is is that the growth on that that IRA is going to be tax-deferred. So you're not going to pay tax every year. And when you go to pull it out, you'll pay tax only on the growth. You won't pay tax on your contribution because you put that in after tax. Now, the issue is, is tracking that when you get to the distribution phase. Because, let me ask you this, uh, Mark, you drink coffee, correct?
0: Uh, it's not as much as used to, but yeah.
2: Okay. So did you like cream in your coffee? Yes, of course. Okay. So let's say you poured cream in your coffee, stirred it up, and you're like, ah, you know what, I don't want the cream in my coffee anymore. Mm-hmm. So how do you get the cream out? No, you don't. (laughs) You pour the
0: cup out and start over.
2: Well, if you maybe went to Amazon and you bought a centrifuge, right? You might be able to spin (laughs) it and split it, right? Okay.
0: Might be a little uh, overkill, but yeah.
2: So, Marsha, think about this. If you make a non-deductible IRA contribution, it's like adding cream to coffee. So, the only way to get it out is through each sip. So, when you go to take the money out in retirement, you got to figure out how much I put in that was non-deductible, and that becomes a percentage, and then every distribution you take going forward from there, that percentage is tax-exempt or tax-free. So let's say it's 5%, then 5% of all future distributions are tax-free. You just can't take out the big chunk, okay? Mm. That's one way you could do it. Other than things that are tax-deferred would be, uh, you could use look at insurance-based products, like an annuity would be tax-deferred. Uh, when you pull it out, you pay tax on the earnings. And then the next bucket would be tax-free. Now you say you can't contribute to a Roth, so you make too much money, so the other two things that are tax-free in that bucket would be buying municipal bonds, and I don't know if you want to lend money to a municipality right now. They're not the best of fare, best of shape, mm. and you don't need the income. right? Or you can look at life insurance. Now, life insurance properly structured is going to be tax-free at death, but you could also properly structure life insurance for distribution options that could be tax-exempt or tax-free as well. So have a conversation and look at the different ways you can contribute. When you need access to it is, is important, too, Sometimes saving in bucket one gives you a lot of options when you do reach retirement is that you can take that money out and pay less tax or maybe even no tax on it. So this is something that we specialize in is helping people realize the different tax natures of the money they have saved. So, invite you to come in. We can have a conversation and show you the different options that you have and give you some strategies on how to maximize your savings.
0: All right, Marshall, thank you so much. 515 226 1500 is the number to call for folks in a similar situation and to have that conversation for yourself. 515 226 1500. Cliff. Over in the Waukee area, here's your question. He says, I just retired last year, Eric, but my wife is nine years younger than me, so she still needs to work a couple more years. But I'd like for her to be able to quit at her current job and maybe do something a little more fulfilling. Would it be foolish to try and start her own business, maybe at this stage in life? Well, I think passion is probably the first (laughs) piece of that. What do you want to do, right?
2: Yeah. Congratulations, uh, just, Cliff, right, uh, that you yeah. were able to retire. And congratulations, having a wife nine years younger. Um,
0: but boy, having a business, if you just want to use it for something to do and not like a true passion, could be a recipe for trouble. could be. Yeah.
2: So the thing is, when you open up your own business, you take on a lot of liability that you don't have if you buy a piece of someone else's business. And that's what buying a stock is. When you buy stock yeah. in a company, you're buying a piece of that business. And, and there's the a lot most of
0: groundwork you- for your own business, too, as you know, Eric.
2: Well true. Yeah. Um, you know, inventory, uh, you know, building Start, out yeah. how you're gonna sell Starting people. up and
0: building up, boy, that takes a lot of work. So do you wanna do a that? A lot in of that
2: though, a lot of that has been um, brought down depending on what kind of business you're in, due to the, you know, internet and those types of things, That's right? That's
0: true. Automation is pretty high, yeah.
2: Correct. So, But you do take a lot of risk on there, right? So it's not only the money you put into the business. If you take out loans, let's say, to finance the business, sometimes your personal wealth can be guaranteeing that. So that could be uh, problematic. And really, what is it that you want to do? I understand that she wants to do something more fulfilling, and I'm all for that. And if she leaves sooner, I have clients that are in this, this role as well. The biggest concern they have, of course, is covering for health care. Um so I'm assuming you might be on on Medicare and then this your wife is gonna have to go out on the open market and get some insurance that way. Um, but you can always work, right? There's always something you can do. So if the income supports it, maybe just working part time in someone else's business um, or starting something depending on what it is. If it's you know something like they're crafty and they're doing something on Etsy, let's say, or you know, depending on what the business is. But yes, the only thing is you just run the numbers, right? Put in the assumptions yep, and see if it works. And if it works, great. If not, then you know the answer. like, hey, maybe you still have to work here a little bit. Yep. But what I find is when people retire, when one retires and the other one's still working – yeah, there's a little bit of animosity on that, especially when the weather's bad and that person supposed to go and commute.
0: And <laughs> <get> <laughs> they got to go out and get in the snow; they're not happy about it. Yeah. Also, or, or when the weather's good and you're at home goofing off, and they're like, uh.
2: Yeah. And we do you know retirement's got some phases, right? Go, go, slow, go, no go years. Yeah. And so in these go go years, you want to wait nine years for them to retire, and then you guys can go because you may not be in the same health you are now. So. Yeah just run the numbers and see if it works, and if so, maybe she can leave center.
0: Stress test it out, man. That's what the Retirement Readiness Review is all about. Taking your situation, your unique situation, and finding out the answers for you. 515-226-1500. We're getting tight on time, but we can wrap up one more here. We got Janet in Otumwa, and she says, Eric, I plan to already be getting my Social Security checks by now, but I've been working as a substitute teacher for the last couple of years, so I just keep putting off the monthly checks because I just don't need it yet. Should I I just keep pushing it off until I'm done with being a substitute teacher?
2: Uh, well, if you don't need it, um, you're getting some nice increases on it. So I would say if you don't need it, don't take it out. And if you are working, if you are going to take it early, so if you're not at full retirement age, Janet, then there is a Earnings limitation that you have if you do claim Social Security and you continue to work, yeah, it's over twenty thousand dollars a year. I think it's twenty thousand one hundred and sixty.
0: Yeah, so she's so, like sixty three. She's not full retirement age yet. You know, maybe it's a good idea to just keep doing what she's doing. But if correct. she's full retirement age, then I guess you could relook at that situation.
2: You could take it, but then if you look at okay, if I delay it, I'm gonna have a bigger check. And the nice thing about Social Security, a couple of things is one, it arrives every month. So it's like a pension, right? It shows up the same day. Now, it's different for each person. It could be the first, second, or third Wednesday, but it's going to show up every week. The other thing about it is it's not 100% taxable, and depending on where your other sources of income is, it could not be subject to tax. That's eye-opening to a lot of folks. When I show them that, the provisional income calculation, and if we pull money out, like in the previous person, Marshall, we were talking about if he had money in bucket one, Let's say you had money in the bank and you're claiming Social Security, you're probably not going to pay income tax on that. So if you don't pay income tax, guess what? That's extra income that you get. So I would say, Janet, if you don't need it, let it grow inside of Social Security. And when you turn it on, we might be able to show you some ways you can get that money out tax-free. Wouldn't that be kind of cool? Because right now you're paying tax on the money that you're making substitute teaching. Imagine having a higher Social Security benefit and not have to paying tax on it.
0: Yeah, there, so, there you go.
2: That's all part of the planning. So one of the big pillars of what we do is the tax planning of things. Because when you retire, it's the most control you've had over the taxes, your tax rate, than you've had since you started working. So you don't want to take it lightly. You want to be able to look at this and say, hey, can I, because if you lower your taxable income, one, less tax, you have to pay, more you get to enjoy. But if you're leaving early, there's currently under the Affordable Care Act, there's some subsidies for people that have lower incomes. It's not based on assets, it's based on incomes. So it might let you to leave sooner because you get a subsidy for the health insurance. And so it's not as big as a hurdle as you once thought. So it just have control. Put yourself in a position of control. And now with the passage of the SECURE Act, your RMDs are not at, moved out to 73 and 75 for some folks. So just you have control. You just have to understand the control that you have. We can help you with that.
1: You've been listening to the Retirement Ready Podcast. If you have questions about what you've heard on today's podcast and would like to schedule a complimentary retirement readiness review with Eric Peterson and the team at Peterson Financial Group, call now 515-226-1500 is the number to dial. That's 515-226-1500.